Second chances don't come around all that often. I suggest you take a really close look at it. Welcome to ATA Presents, the Marvelverse podcast. My name is Willis Kim, and we're here for a very special, special episode of the Marvelverse podcast discussing two web-related things, the web series Slingshot featuring our favorite Yo-Yo, and no, we're not going to walk the dog, Yo-Yo the character, <laughs> Elena Rodriguez, and our friendly neighborhood, Under Ruse's new trailer for the upcoming film, Spider-Man Homecoming. My name is Willis Kim, and alongside me is... I am Cookie Monster, also known as James Hayfield. <laughs> and for some reason, I introduced myself twice. I don't know why I did that. Um, <laughs> how how are you, Cookie Monster? I'm good. I'm just uh, currently downloading um, a video I, t- I shot for uh, something or other, so... That's the thing I'm doing right now, but I'm just really excited to talk about Marvel at the moment. <laughs> People just sw- scoping out the models. I see how it is. <laughs> um, I have a girlfriend. Stop it. Who's also a model. Um, no, no, no. Um, so, the internet almost broke down. It would have <laughs> broke down if it's something called Star Wars Episode 8 trailer debuted, but that's another podcast. Um, <laughs> let's just talk about the Homecoming trailers. What did you think about both trailers? I thought the international one was a little bit better, I think, just because it had less Tony Stark because as much as I like Tony like it's not his movie and I don't think they should necessarily be marketing it as it is his movie and I feel like if um they put too much of him in the trailers people are going to be expecting more of him in the movie and it's not gonna and they're gonna get angry about that but that's not a huge thing other than that I think it's um they seem to be taking a little bit of a um ease in direction with Spider-Man's story I think because they're not showing us any of the really big characters that are in his mythology like Harry or MJ or even Gwen so it's going to be interesting to see him like them like step that in I think so. It's interesting. I've watched ev- almost every trailer reaction to both of these, and it's funny that a lot of people—not not not all people, but a lot of people—have been saying that about the international trailer. Because I feel, I feel, and maybe this is just me, that international audiences like trailers with more action in it rather than story. And I like the U.S. trailer, the domestic trailer, a little bit better because I'm a story-driven guy and. Yeah. The, the the domestic trailer had more story too. Would you agree with that? Sort of. I think there. I think um the international trailer definitely had a hint of a had a hint to the story that the U.S. trailer didn't, which I think is quite important actually. Yeah, it had a little bit more jokes and it what? had had some more funny stuff. Which well, it had a, it had a really crucial line from Vulture, which was um the world's changing, boys. It's time we change too. Which it, to me implies that they're setting up the Sinister Six in Spider-Man: Homecoming. So that, that was actually in the international trailer, but I yeah. I know that's what I'm saying. Oh, so. oh, 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 I'm sorry. I, I misheard what you said. Um, I really hope for the Sinister Six. You've already, you've already got, or Insidious Six, if you follow the ninth anime series, because they wouldn't <laughs> let them use the word sinister. So, but you've already got the Vulture. You've already got um the Shocker. I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing.
seeing Craven the Hunter? I wouldn't. I think they're probably going to do Mysterio because Mysterio is a cool villain from Spider-Man's past that has a lot of potential. Yeah, but uh, well, uh, what I was going to say is, how are they going to make the fishbowl helmet not look, not look funny in a bad way? Well, they're not. I don't think they're going to do the helmet. I think it's probably going to be um uh just like you, I could see them doing him either as like a magician type or a um special effects guy, like someone who's uh disgruntled at the school if they want to keep it connected to the high school. So um yeah, but. And I feel like if they, I think that Sister Six would probably be in like the third Spider-Man Homecoming movie if they were going to do it that way, and then that gives them enough time to potentially have Ned Leeds fall into becoming the Hobgoblin. So yeah, if they, if they but I can't. Speaking of that guy, I can't see that guy Ned Leeds they cast who's a who's really a combination. I feel of Genki Lee. I'm sorry, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that name from Miles Morales Spider-Man and Ned Leeds. That's probably the idea, but I think what it is is just like. Um, which is angering a lot of Miles Morales fans, which, by the way, that really doesn't bother me at all. Just, I mean, it's understandable why they would be angry, but I think it's just, um, they want to create a Spider-Man universe that's sort of homogenous with, um, like, word, both, with both Spider-Men so that they don't, uh, confuse people. And I think it's, um, I think that's a good idea. And I, um... But you know what I find funny about... I'm um, sorry to cut you off, but you know what I find funny about that, though? The same people that are complaining about that are... I would bet money that are the same people that are like, we need more diversity in our superhero film Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this does look like it's going to be a really diverse movie, but I think, um, and I think they could potentially introduce Miles further down the line. They just don't have to have him right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and this character could be related to traditional Genki, because Marvel's done that in the past, like someone's bro- someone's brother or even in the Daredevil series, they mention the last name Morales in the first season. When did they do that? I forgot. When they go to the flashback of when um uh, Foggy and Matt quit Landon and Zach and they're in their little like they're in their like storeroom office, Foggy says something to the effect of Morales just moved into his office down the hall. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so I I don't I don't know if we're ever gonna see Miles Morales again. I really that doesn't bother me here here or the other because I'm more of a Peter Parker guy. But going back to the trailer itself, I find it funny that a lot of people are are liking the international trailer more. Not that not that the not that the international trailer is bad. I just like the domestic one better, like I said before. But here's something that really bothers me about just the trailers in general. They aren't different enough. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but that's the idea they don't want to give away too much i i know but if you're gonna do uh, and maybe this is just a commentary on sony that that i don't like about their marketing first of all i agree with a lot of what the reactors are saying i hate teasers before the actual trailer like what is up with that i, I don't understand it just drag it out but whatever yeah but but i but uh, but if you're gonna release trailers on the same day and i i think that's more due to sony than marvel doing like two two trailer releases is the same day at least make the international one a little bit di- a little bit more different than the domestic one but that's just me um I will say I think um it's interesting how they're like like I said they're all they're like leaving out major members of spider of uh Peter's like history because they don't uh we haven't seen Harry we haven't seen MJ we haven't seen Gwen um we know the only person we know that uh, like he has his eyes on is Liz Allen which is interesting that yeah. they chose Liz Allen of all the people yeah and people um, really were confused because 
because yeah, the I line mean, is very quiet. They don't actually they only say Liz very. They said Liz very quietly, and it's just like oh. And for those of you listening to this, some of you probably know who Liz Allen is. But for those who don't, Liz Allen is Peter's first not first love, but first crush that he kind of like gets interested in, but it never. And this isn't this isn't a spoiler. It could probably be a spoiler, but it probably isn't. It really doesn't go anywhere in the comic books. Like right. he he he's interested in her, but like then he meets MJ, or then he meets Gwen. Which ironically enough, MJ Liz Allen was MJ's friend before he she even met MJ met Gwen Stacy. Just kind of it, it sounds more. I mean, it really makes Spider Man more into like a soap opera character than probably initially intended. <laughs> well, I mean, all the Marvel characters are a little bit so. Be, let's be honest here yeah, but, I, but um oh go ahead, go ahead well i think uh what might be cool is if they kind of switch up the um formula a little bit and uh like maybe peter is trying to get make something happen with liz but at the end of the movie she's just like i can't deal with you being late all the time to everything and she just like dumps him and he's just like left disgruntled and whatever yeah, which is still very spider-man very yeah much. even still like it's not it's, what it's not like a form it's not like you would find in a formulaic high school movie you know what i'm saying yeah and really like a formulaic high school movie because they really it, especially with the domestic trailer, it really does look like a John Hughes movie set in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Like you, even with the MGMT song they use in the domestic one, it really does feel like that. And John Watts, if for nothing else, seems like a very much an auteur or a lover of that style of 80s film. And yeah. I, I like that. I like in typical 80s film fashion that, at least in the trailer that we see, Peter's not interested in Liz anything beyond look. Which I so it seems, although yeah. it does seem like he does have her number and calls her because that's who he's talking to in the um like the whole fight thing scenes or whatever. Yeah, yeah and I so. and by the way, speaking of this, I really don't want Zendaya to be like MJ. Was I, I'm confused about if that's her that says you guys are losers in the in the trailer because it doesn't look like Zendaya in anything I've seen her in. So yeah, I, yeah, and here's the thing with Zendaya. I really, I I was really surprised how much the makeup department and like the costume department really played down like her like natural beauty. And I oh, so that was that was Zendaya who said that line. Yeah, that was Zendaya because uh, if you didn't, if you're not familiar with what Zendaya looks like, you wouldn't know that that was her. Saying, yeah, I, I didn't know it was her. I was like, wait, is that just some other actress, or is that? Oh, okay. Yeah, they really. I really hope that it's not that. That's not MJ, just because. Yeah, I don't think it is. I, I mean, honestly, because one, MJ is very um, known for being like a model-ish type. Like that's what she wants to be in life, so that's how she would dress and, and be. And she in is a tomboy, but she isn't not like that. The, much. that tom- yeah, exactly. And <laughs> the other reason I don't want her to be MJ, it's nothing to do with her skin color. That's like that's shallow and stupid. Marvel has Marvel and so have like almost beat it into the hardcore fans head that she's not Mary right. Jane Watson so if they do this kind of like Mandarin thing of, of oh by the way she really is Mary Jane Watson I would, I would be disappointed it's not yeah, a deal breaker it's not a deal breaker for me but at the same time it's like eh really yeah. like, and I think what it would be is like um, I think the way because her, her character's name is Michelle and I'm just going to call her character Michelle from this point um, Michelle like seems to be the kind of character that's just like either I'm not using 
using this in like a trope in a way that's like using a trope. She's either the lesbian best friend who just like gives them a hard time all the time, even though they all, even though they're all just kind of a group, or she's um uh, gonna be eventually falling in love with Ned. But I feel like because I feel like her and Peter, as as much as they seem to be like friends or not, what not, just based on the trailer, I feel like that's just what they're gonna go with. I don't know. I mean, I mean, and this isn't like me going down in the rabbit hole high school, but we just have those girls that that are in a class that aren't necessarily friends, not necessarily like girlfriends, but they're just there. Yeah, that's what she seems to be, especially since they was, she was kind of off to the frame. They both kind of just had to... I just wish they would name her something like Deborah Whitman. That would make that would make a lot more sense to me. Well, um, all I know is that uh, that scene kind of reminded me of Dope, the movie that if you've never, heard, if you've never seen it, you really should. It's by um, Rick yeah, who Fam- was going to who was going to direct Flash, but then he Rick, dropped out. Rick Famuyiwa, I think is exactly. The name. It's a really good movie, but and you should watch it. Um, but uh, I think just and also go, let's change it up a little bit. Getting out of the high school, just the action scenes in the movie look really awesome too. And uh, yeah, yeah, I want to mention those, but before we get out of the high school, I love the little Easter eggs of John Slattery, Howard Stark on the mural. Yeah, and Bruce Banner on the um uh, science teachers above her chalkboard or whatever. And I would really like to see those news clippings from the first Iron Man when we see young Tony Stark like building dummy. In, That'd be cool. Yeah, because and this is what's cool about having that interconnected universe. And this is kind of going into the action scenes. One of the funniest things in both the international and the domestic is the Avengers robbers, which actually is from a Marvel yeah, that comic. was funny. <laughs> and the funniest thing is this: when um the guy that plays Hulk turns him in, he like flexes his arms like he really is the Hulk. <laughs> I really enjoy. I really enjoyed that. But great job by that extra, I have to say. Um, what did you what did you think of the Spider-Man Two homage that everybody noticed with the Staten Island Ferry? Yeah, not, I mean it's like I feel like that's also just a classic Spider-Man like look though, like when he's he's just he's usually like in the middle of a web of whatever. So it's not necessarily a reference to Spider-Man Two, but I mean it is a very like iconic shot, and I think it's pretty cool looking. That I don't know how they're gonna, I don't know how he's gonna get out of that situation in the movie, but it looks pretty dope when he's just standing there holding that together. Speaking <laughs> speaking of iconic shots, love the end of the trailer with Iron Man and Spider-Man going yeah. to New York. That Marvel has has cornered the market on what I like to call splash panel shots, like in Age yeah. of Ultron, where when they're all leaping towards Hydra, or the 360 shots in both of the Avengers films, or the iconic thing of both teams fighting each other in Germany. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those kind of shots. But but going back to Iron Man for a second, I understand what people are saying that they don't want Tony Stark or Tony Stang to be in a lot of this movie, and I don't think he will be. I think he's only going to be in like five scenes, which probably less than that, honestly. Maybe I think what it'll be like is maybe like maybe a little bit at the beginning, um, maybe somewhere in the middle where he takes him on the tour of Avengers Mansion. And I think that whole thing of like the Avengers compound and then the scene where they're in the cars like right next right in the same scene just uh the middle and the end of it and then i think the um uh he might be at the very end i couldn't exactly tell if uh, peter had the web wings on the last shot or not so we'll see i have to give credit to ign for this because they do great trailer rewinds if you notice the scene where peter and tony stark are talking in yeah he has the black eye he still has the black eye so in continuity this is only about three weeks or maybe even less since the events of Earth. which i imagine there's probably a time jump somewhere in there because i think marvel likes to keep their movies a little bit like consistent with when they're like their time in the movie in terms of the time span to when they're released is uh i think they like to keep that very 
inconsistent. So I think um, there might be a time jump somewhere in the movie in terms of like when those things happen. So and, I'm not sure. And you have to remember, Cap can Captain America can hit pretty darn hard if he wants. Yeah. <laughs> and and maybe this is a sign not not just for Robert Downey Jr. but for for like Iron Man that he isn't as young as he. But yeah. So maybe his body is, isn't feeling as much. I want to mention this little little like oh, like little thing before we before we move on to our next topic. I love it hurt me hurt me when Nelly drops the Death Star Lego <laughs> because she realized how long those things took to make hours well, and hours and hours here's one last thing I wanted to mention yeah, um, what do you think of the Vulture's costume um from what I saw fantastic yeah. um, I understand why they have him like have the bully like no helmeted head because I mean it's much more practical to have that helmet with the goggles and also just for special for special effects purposes too that you don't necessarily show that it's Michael Keaton in a suit. Right. Although um, I imagine probably going to be out of the suit more than he's in the suit just because you know you gotta have Michael. Yeah, Michael Keaton. You might as well use him. I love. So. Uh, speaking of suits, I love, love, love the thing of having a mouse pad button or a but a physical button that Peter can push to get him in and out of the suit. Kind of reminds yeah. me of the suit, the jacket from Back to the Part Two. <laughs> uh, because for practicality, like how can you easily get in and out of the suit? And by the way. Because, um, because of the trailer, we 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 potentially could see see a scene where Tony Stark takes the suit that he designed for Peter back. Because you notice that scene where Peter's all bloody and beaten. He's he's wearing his traditional Spider-Man suit that he made. From. Maybe that's another flat. Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Just that. Uh, um, also, there's a one apparently one shot where you can see Donald Glover standing in the background. It's very quick in the trailer, but like if you freeze frame it, you can see him. He's in shadow, but yeah. Yeah, and uh, I yeah, wonder who he's playing. And maybe he's playing a baddie. Maybe he's playing a baddie. That'd be cool. And also, um, maybe he's uh, maybe he's Eddie Brock. That would be interesting. Yeah. Maybe. Except for the fact that again, Eddie Brock is a big hulking monster man, and they don't. I really don't like that they made him skinny in Amazing Spider-Man Three. So. Or um, <laughs> or Spider-Man Three. Yeah, just Spider-Man Three. Sorry. I, 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 I have to say, I have to say this before we go. Tom Holland is wonderful. He yeah. is the perfect meshing of a great Spider-Man and a Peter Parker, which we've never had before. We either have actors that can play either, either, but can't play both. I thought, I thought, um, Andrew Jarfield did a great Peter Parker, just a, not exactly the Peter Parker we're used to, but a great Peter Parker. I understand I, what people say though when he's a little too cool in the first time he's Spider-Man. Like, yeah. he, like he's not geeky enough. And <laughs> I, I, I do not, I do not, and I'm sorry if I offend some people, but I do not see the love of the, fir- the very first Spider-Man movie. I do not see it. Like, the, like um, Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield? The, the 2002 Tobey Maguire first film. I do not see the love for that film. The second Spider-Man film the, in 2004 was fantastic. No pun intended. It is <laughs> It is one of... I put it at the top top in terms of overall great superhero film in general. The, the, <laughs> the first film, who wrote Spider-Man's lines? You're out of your mind, Gabby. You're the one out, you're the, you're the one out Gabby, out of your mind. Who the hell came up with that line? I think it was Sam Raimi wrote it, didn't he? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm sorry. It's. I mean, the first Spider-Man was not good. Second movie is the best, in my opinion. Tom Holland, though, is the perfect meshing of Peter Parker and Spider-Man. And for 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 like just continuity, they gave him a Queen's accent, which Peter Parker's never had in live action. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have to say though that the one thing that gets me about Tom Holland is that his face looks very British. That's all I can say. Like he just has that look of him. Like he just looks like a British schoolboy, not necessarily an American boy. I guess. 
this. I don't know. You can, you I think can it's like his mouth is just like a little bit smaller than most Americans are, I think. I don't know. You're going to get angry tweets from British people in three, two. <laughs> but but no, like, but this is a trend that's going in all superhero movies now. Where American heroes are all being played by British men. Yeah. Superman, <laughs> Daredevil, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man. Yeah. Everybody. But, but I, I will say this is the movie that I'm looking for more than any movie next year just to see if they can finally bring the Spider-Man that I grew up with well, on screen. I, I'm just interested. I think I'm honestly more interested in Ragnarok just because I'm a little bit, I feel like I'm feeling the Spider-Man fatigue and also I just think Ragnarok is something that's going to be so interesting in the way it is. I think it's going to be so totally different from any other Marvel movie. I'm just like, I'm interested to see how it goes comes around. I, I, I'm just interested in Spider-Man just to see if they can get it right. But I understand Spider-Man fatigue because Spider-Man's been rebooting and had sequels more than any other superhero more, to, more so than Batman let's say right. um, but I, I I can't wait for this film Ro- Robert Downey Jr. is probably gonna have the record for highest paid supporting actor in the history of cinema well I mean he got paid more than Chris Evans did for Civil War so that says something and and, and, and Riley and Riley so in a sense because what would that film be without it exactly but still <laughs> yeah and I, I I don't think you're gonna see much of Tony Stark I do I do hope we see more of Happy because yeah that'd be cool I think I feel like it'd probably be nicer if we saw more Happy than Tony just yeah, for which we didn't even really see him he was just in the background somewhere I'm I'm still I'm still skeptical of the web web wings but if they're used for more than just one shot I'm cool um the, the Spider-Man suit itself looked more real than the one in Civil War which I understand people's problems with it in Civil War um but but for practicality and for the fact that they didn't want to leak spoilers online they didn't want Tom Holland to be in the in an actual suit I get it but this one looks more more like fabric than than the one in Civil War yeah it looks more like fabric than it does kind of like metal ish and and if and if Peter's suit does get damaged the one that Tony gave him I'm sorry that's Spider-Man also his suit suit gets torn and damaged regularly he runs out of web fluid regularly I love that would be that'd be scary if you ran out of web fluid oh I mean but that happens all the time in the comics yeah exactly but I mean even in this situation like <laughs> yeah that's that's why I'm looking forward to, to Spider-Man not that I'm not looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy not that I'm not looking forward to Thor Ragnarok but it's got to the point where if Marvel Studios can't get this right nobody can yeah basically <laughs> like we've Which, been since it sucks. such a universal character that you'd think he'd be easy to get right but apparently not <laughs> and he is the Mickey Mouse of Marvel as Joe Quesada would say um, he is the top top of that of Marvel's characters so much so that you see him on the, their logos more than any other character. Exactly. Yeah. And speaking of Joe Quesada, that's a nice transition into Slingshot. See what I did there? See what I did there? <laughs> I, I set that up perfectly. Nailed it. <laughs> so so uh, Slingshot. If I, I want it more. <laughs> Um, first of all, I loved it. I thought yeah. it was perfectly paced. I find it kind of disheartening that a skeleton, a, a skeleton crew budget made probably the most compelling, um, episode, episode this season. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, kind of, even though, like, the fact that it was sort of six mini episodes definitely, like, again, you kept the pacing up, so. Well, before we, before we go any further, we're not gonna go episode by episode. That's right, just, right, right. That's just, just the whole. That, that's just silly. That's just silly. Yeah. We're, 
because it really is just one long, almost 15-minute episode split into some parts. Actually, I, it's closer to 20. It could be. It's basically like the amount of content you get in about a half-an-hour episode, except in six mini-bits. Okay. Yeah, I'm not good at math. I'm Asian, and I'm not good at math. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I, I love we Not that we needed this backstory, but it's nice to know where Daisy and Yo-Yo, like, bestie relationship formed. It's kind of cool that we got to see um what shield was like just at the at the point of the new director makes them win um and i i love that they use yo-yo for this um yeah, she... oh go on, go on. well Nat- natalia cordova buckley is just awesome and like the character of yo-yo is so much fun and i think it's um really cool that they managed to, that they gave like her perspective on all this because she is the character that would be like the silent observer in this case i guess uh, and I have to mention this before we go any further. I hate, I hate when the CW uses a product to do a web series and they tie it around that web series. I, I, I love the fact that Marvel just didn't do that. <laughs> that the, the, they just want, they wanted to sit, do a web series to just do a web series and not have it um, around a specific product. Even though it's sponsored by Geico, there's a there's your plug for you. Um, I love, I love that we get, like I said earlier, I. Love Love that we get the backstory that we really didn't need. Like, did you feel we needed to have this spelled out ever? Of what like, you didn't need to feel spelled out, but it's nice just to have a little bit of a, um, just to have a little bit of something to keep us happy. I guess I don't know. Yeah, or to to connect the dots somewhat. Because at the start of this, at the start of this episode, I'm assuming this is like four weeks, maybe three after the events of Hive and Lincoln and what happened. Probably, so probably not not a bad estimate. I mean, it's well, actually, I would say probably two or three months. Honestly, just because it did say six months later in the thing, so no, it, just, it's, it said a few months, a few months before. It didn't right, mean, I know. So it's like somewhere in between the six. It's in the six months between season three and four. Yeah, I, I just, I just, I just put a low, I just put a low timeline on it because if you notice Daisy, she's still wearing her shield gun. Yeah, which still, is actually, which is an interesting question is like, how'd she get like what? Um, when did she get rid of those? I guess is the question. Or did they break? I'm assuming that she got rid of the. And this is what helped with continuity. Being that it's only a couple of weeks shy of Director Mace taking full control, it has to be in that in that short time span because Coulson's moving, and I I still don't understand why he has that act, or for some reason he has a picture of Stanley other than funny. Well, it was Joe Casada's idea to put it in that box, and I feel like what it might be is like I wouldn't be surprised if Stanley is just like um. <laughs> well, it's well, obviously Stanley, so he shows up everywhere. But I don't know. There's no reason to explain it. Just like let it be. <laughs> and, the, and for those keeping track, there is a Stanley picture in the cage. I just wanted to point that out. Right, but um, I th- like Colson said, he keeps the axe because it's his good luck charm. So yeah, and it, it'd be funny if he still has his like ashy hand in in the case still but i i love i love colson just in this short thing because it shows him that he doesn't want to ruffle the direct feathers when yo at this asked, point when yo-yo asked him to help him to help her find the, the man who killed her who murdered his her cousin which again is a shout out to the previous season that's how we originally met. right that's, that's what she was doing with doing and again we didn't need that storyline to be like like explained and how did that finish up but it actually is nice for for us hardcore marvel people that watch everything to get that sto- so- story tied up. And also at, um, for anyone who just stumbles upon it on the Marvel YouTube channel, it could be like an interesting way to get them 
thinking about uh, these characters, I know. Yeah. But um, it's uh, going back to Coulson really quick. I think it was awesome that he just gave like they gave um Peggy's pin to Yo-Yo. Like that's a pretty big gesture, and it's kind of cool that like he's seeing her as sort of the same type of woman that Peggy was. That's just awesome. And it's and it's nice for me that Yo-Yo is Yo-Yo knows that name and right. kno- and knows who Peggy Carter is, the greatest agent in Shield his- in Shield's history. I can say that because Nikki's not here to disagree with me. Uh, yes. I was, gonna, well, I was just about to, but I was just like. One, one more time. The greatest agent in Shields history. You can capitalize all, can capitalize all those letters that I just said. <laughs> Wouldn't oh. it, it would actually be some, it wouldn't actually, would it be a great moment as if like, um, we got a little series where, uh, like maybe a web series where older Peggy and, um, like, uh, and maybe Nick Fury are like, what are like, uh, they meet Colson for the first time as he signs up to be a shield agent and he goes on his first mission and then they congratulate him afterwards. That would be awesome. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> and maybe get John Slattery in there saying, you know, you and my son would not get along very well. <laughs> but oh, I'm so, I'm sorry to do this tangent, but I I need to I need to before I forget this because I may forget it. Don't you think it's kind of interesting that the way Tony Stark treats Peter Parker in the Homecoming trailer is more or less what John Slattery was basically doing to his son in the Civil War simulation? Yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, um, Tony like Tony's relationship with spider with peter peter's always been one that I've, like at least in civil war it was like one that was just like wow you're kind of being a manipulative douche yeah. so i mean the cycle continues and that's that's one of the things that i begrudgingly love about the starks is they don't see what they do to the people yeah. they love and they're not the most communicative but like you were saying earlier with like a flashback I would, or like a, a nice little homage i know it would have cost a lot of money to do this but i would really have liked to have seen michael douglas give his condolences to Sharon Carter and so on. I know it would have cost way too much money to do, but it would be, it would have been nice to, to see Michael Douglas as Hank Pym go, you know, I hated Stark, but I really like him. Now you're going to make me cry. That actually would have been great. <laughs> because remember that scene in, like, the teaser of Ant-Man? Notice that, like, um, sorry to make you cry, by the way. Hank's not really <laughs> mad at Peggy. He's not, yeah, he's not. Peggy's just holding him back, basically. Yeah, like, you, like Peggy is legit, like, taken aback of, tell me that's not what I think it is. Like, she even says it like that. Like, she had no idea that they did being Howard and Howard and uh, Mitchell Carson. But going back to that scene, uh, but going back to Slingshot, I I did like that little homage to the pin. And I was saying in my head to Yo-Yo, you better not lose that pin. She she won't. Because I'm going to go after you if you go after that, if you lose that pin. I don't care if you're really bad. (laughs) Do not disrespect the name of Pickard. Um, The thing about um, Yo-Yo, though, is like, you don't have to, um, really go after her. You can just stay in the same spot and she'll end up right back at you. <laughs> True. I didn't think about that. Um, the whole premise, part of the premise of this episode is Yo-Yo is going to sign some Kobe Court, but before that she has to meet director Mace and in chronological time, in terms of storytelling, this is the first time that she's actually met Mace. Right. And she's probably one of the first ever to do so, honestly, like in terms of actually getting down, sit down and have a conversation with him, because even Simmons isn't the um, uh, second in command to him at that point. Yeah. She's still in the lab. Yeah. Um. I. I loved. I. Again, begrudgingly, I'm gonna. Use, that's my word today. Every time I use the word begr- 
regretting that you scream really loud like on people I asked. Um, that's, that's what, that's the secret word. Um, I love, I, I love begrudgingly, ah! Um, Mace's halting Spanish that he uses on Yu-Yu. I love that he has like the most non-Spanish accent ever. Yeah, like, like, I, English is fine. Yeah, I hate that, I, I hate it when people like try to speak a language and not even try to put some inflection in it on it. Yeah. And I love, I love, um, at the end of that, at the end of that scene before Yo-Yo does her physical, which by the way, it was nice to actually see somebody actually sign the Sokovia Accords, because I don't even think we see that in Captain America Civil War. Like somebody right. actually signing the Accords. Right, so. My fa- my favorite Easter egg in this whole thing though, besides the, 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 like the shield stuff at the, the classic shield stuff at the beginning, was the mention of Secretary Ross and the raft. Yeah, which is, that's a scary thing, just like that. If you don't do this, you're gonna be put on a, you're gonna be put in high security prison. Oh, what, oh, what a free society this is. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I, can, I love that Yo-Yo acknowledged that. Like she, like she's definitely not the kind of person to be nailed down that easily. Which is, which is sad that the real world is actually looking more superhero Marvel-like than Marvel comics these days. I mean, they're definitely like running parallel to each other, especially with Senator Nadir and everything. Yeah. And if you, do, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, where have you been the last six months? <laughs> Basically. Um, I, but I love that. And remi- remind me of that or I'll, I'll remind myself of that because I want to mention like something about that at the end of the episode. Um, I, I love that literally like at, similar to going to the airport, you literally have to give them over them being the courts, everything before you sign mm-hmm. your social security number, your thumbprint, your, your retinal scan. And even if you lose your eye, that's not a big deal as we saw in Captain America Winter Soldier. <laughs> well, um, I mean, he didn't lose his whole eye. He just got like, yeah, pop. <laughs> yeah. I guess is the best and I, never, I never thought we'd ever see that in a film, by the way, that we'd actually see Fury's damaged eye. But moving on, I love Yo-Yo's, I love Yo-Yo's like look of disgust after her meeting is over. Just the yeah. subtle, uh, okay. Um, love seeing our favorite couple Fitz and Simmons. I love uh, that, that, that opening conversation, like for a second, like you could, it almost sounded like Fitz was talking about something not related to a TV. <laughs> um, um, and just for reference, I completely agree with Fitz. Like, you need pilot if you have the opportunity <laughs> and the resources. But I do agree with Gemma, because I have to agree with Gemma, because I'm in love with Gemma Simmons. Um, Are we all? Don't put that in the bedroom. Put that in the... 80 inches <laughs> 80 inches is too big for anybody's anybody's bedroom, unless your name is Shaquille. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, but I don't really care that much. It's just like, um, I still can't get over the fact that it sounded like, for a second, it sounded like something else. Yeah. Well, well we, we heterosexual men loved, love either two things or both cars and really extravagant TVs <laughs> and I can say I love really extravagant TVs um I, I love the kind of Agent Carter season one thing of Yo-Yo playing cat and mouse with Fitton Simmons trying to get the information swiping the key card or the clearance from director Mace I didn't even the- notice that she did that that was pretty that's pretty clever yeah I, I I loved her thing of opening the the like cabinet of medical supplies and knowing that that would like 
like P.O. Simmons. Well, not P.O., but Annoy Simmons. Yeah, and then she had to like quickly stop, uh, take that back (laughs) by knocking the things over or whatever. And I love, and I love the like subtle or not so subtle thing of of Yo-Yo being the one that gives Simmons the idea of moving in together. (laughs) That we, of course, see later on in in the season. I love like like Leo's little thing of I hate you, Yo-Yo. Yeah, I mean, Ian DeCastiker has always been an amazing actor, so. Yeah, um, the Macalena. Hey, Macalena. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was so awesome. <laughs> um, we see the beginning, we see the beginnings of the flirtation that literally takes like, what, 10 episodes to actually get somewhere? But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're following chronological time, yeah, it takes like 10 episodes or a couple months to actually move beyond. Again, they need to make out in a hallway. That is their thing. The defenders need to find the hallways. Mac and Elena need to make out in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the height difference. Like, that always gets me. Like, oh, damn. Like, Henry Simmons is a... I yeah. mean, Henry Simmons, probably, realistically, he's probably not much taller than me. But, like, just compared to everyone else on that set, like, he is... Yeah, if he is only like six three. Yeah, which is as tall as I am. So I'm just like amazed. Like, if I ever meet any of the Shield people, I'm just gonna be like, he looks at least like six foot seven. Yeah, I know. And and he looks like he could like if they put him and Mike Coulter like in the same shot together, Luke Cage, which I hope they do someday. Like that is the only person like. Like in the MCU, they could possibly make him look small. Yeah. Um. According to uh, we, um, Google, Henry is six foot four. So yeah, he's a tall guy, but not like tall as I would think of. Just tall. <laughs> well, great. Well, granted, maybe it's because until May showed up, like Phil Coulson and and Leo Fitz are not the tallest in center, so maybe that's why. he's always in scenes with them. So maybe that's why he looks so tall. Um. Yeah. I, um. <laughs> the the acting award, other than other than Yo Yo, it has to go. To um, Ming Na Wen, Melinda May. Yes. Because once again, how does she always do this? Where, like, she throws us off constantly. You think she's going to bust Yo Yo for steal or swiping the card. You think that she's going to do that, but then all, but all along, um, she's helping Yo Yo, and we find out that, um, the guy, the guy that murdered Yo-Yo's cousin is in Baltimore, Maryland. Of all places. Good morning, Baltimore. No. <laughs> um, um, and, and, and we find out that that guy is actually working for the watchdog. Well, he's, well, he's about to trade with them. He's not exactly working for them. He's working with them. He's working with them. Yes. Everybody, like, everybody, everybody trades with everybody in the MCU. First it was Hydra, now it's with the watchdog. And I, I was 90% sure that the weapon that like that they were trading was the weapon was the weapon that um Coulson killed Garrett with at the end of season. I think it is 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 the same weapon I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it is the same weapon because we, when we see the weapon like actually used to kill somebody that guy that killed um Yo-Yo's um, cousin. Yo-Yo's cousin, it explodes in the exact same way Garrett did the end. Like the exact exactly same. So. Um I when we first saw the glowing thing in like the first like the first part, I I thought they don't have the Tesseract, do they? I don't because it, so. it kind of glowed like the Tesseract. It's like, no, that can't be Tesseract. When, <laughs> when did that guy go to Asgard? Then? Yeah, yeah, there's no way it could have been the Tesseract. Tesseract's on Asgard. Yeah, but it, it glowed the same way. So I was like, are they trying to throw us off? But, um, I love the action scenes. I love the like tying in of the watchdogs, which, quite frankly, we haven't really seen much of. 
yet. Yeah, since uh, since like since like the reveal of Uncle Eli. Um, I I love that that Shield is tracking seismic activity because that's how they're tracking. And I love that 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 that, that, that that's how that's really easy. That that's how Daisy's caught on to how the Shield is tracking. I imagine the gauntlets probably are all helping, which is probably why she ended up getting rid of them at some point. Yeah, and and I love the scene between Elena and her cousin's killer. Which, by the way, that guy I've I've always seen him. He always plays like a douchey character. Like, I saw him in like the the season opener in season four of charm where you played a douchey uh, a douchey um cop a detective and he pretty much plays like the exact same character here um <laughs> i i love that it takes elena a couple seconds or like almost close to a minute to decide whether or not to kill this guy or to arrest her cousin's killer because in marvel it's not it's not comics in terms of in marvel the heroes have much less of a conundrum unless we're talking daredevil in spider about killing they will kill in there. Yeah, but they don't do it like willy-nilly like Batman does in um, Batman vs. Superman, for example. Which, oh, don't even get me started on that. But, um, but it's not like this huge moral conundrum like it is in Steve. Like, like, they won't do it willy-nilly, but at the same time, it's not like, oh my god, if I do this, I'll turn bad. You know? It's not like that. It's not like it is with like somebody like Daredevil. But I do like the fact that Yo-Yo, re- Yo-Yo refuses to kill to kill her cousin's killer just because, you know, that isn't her. Right. She deduces she deduces that that isn't her that isn't who she is it won't it won't it won't make her feel better it won't make right. it, it won't make her the better person and also we um it's interesting that uh um uh what was her name um or the guy the watchdog like um like it, she dodged the bolt and then it, it was basically just like a pin move in chess where you either t- that depends on you can choose which one you want to take but one of them has to die and it's like it was almost too perfect in some ways just how it worked out yeah it is it is too perfect but at the same time like sometimes you need those kind of endings just because just because you just need those kind of like like endings just because we need to like finish out the story i i do agree that it is kind of like it is kind of like like convenient but at the same time we got five minutes and like (gasps) (laughs) so yeah um it's uh it's cool though like i just wonder um I was honestly expecting Yo-Yo to like do something to block the bolt that was coming out of that for a second, but then either she ran out of time or she just didn't really think about that. So I don't know. It's just it's interesting. Yeah, yeah but again, it, again, it's one of those like TV tropes of 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 um like having the villain fall on his own sword, pretty much. Kind of, yeah. They did it on Smallville, and then they they did it here. I, I mean, I was fine with the ending, and um, we finally see at the end of this like six part like series. So, like, like, so to speak, what they're actually talking about, what they're actually talking about doing, Daisy yeah. and Yo-Yo, because we see at the very beginning what what the and this all come together, what they very actually well. want to 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 do and accomplish, and they want to delete they want to delete this from Shield's record because they like this isn't necessarily by the book, and they're the only ones that actually saw it happen. Well, that and I think. Um... I mean, obviously the guy flew her to Baltimore, but I mean, someone had to, and someone had to bring her back. So I don't know, like, well, they explained that away. But I think um, what the ultimate purpose of that was was just to like erase um, a part of Elena's past that she was just like ready to just leave behind, figuratively and literally. Yeah, and truthfully, truthfully, also you have to realize, uh, and we saw this in Mason, like part of this web series, that he wasn't necessarily really interested in Elena's problem. Yeah, no, it wasn't on his priority list, and and. 
they, they being Daisy and Yo-Yo would have to explain what they were actually doing in Baltimore, what actually happened, and and to, to avoid all that, they just said, okay, let's just get rid of the files. We'll we'll pretend like this never happened. We'll get our story straight in the board. And it, it really isn't nefarious to me. It really is not nefarious. Yeah, it's not. It's just, and honestly, like I feel like this has something that's going to um have an effect later on in this in the actual season because um everything has a purpose in marvel and there's no reason that they would just make this for just to make it like there has to be a reason why this is here what this... ha- what happened to the weapon that's the that's the main question yeah okay so so i i was, I was legit uh, well uh, I'm, I'm sorry i needed to clarify because um I, I was unclear what exactly happened to the weapon, so we don't know. We don't know. What right, happened. right. So we'll. I guess we'll find out at some point. Yeah. Um. I. I think the Agents of Shield fans they don't need. They don't need to have this spelled out in the actual the, the actual season when it comes back. But um, that didn't watch this web series. My point is, I think most of the Shield audience did watch it. Yeah. Either on their, sure. either on their computer or actually on. Right. So um, I do wonder if um. That's uh, in a wonder ball. No. Well, <laughs> Yeah, like I said, there has to be some reason, something in this series that like has a ripple effect later on, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. It's probably not going to be anything huge because they can't expect everyone to watch it, but by putting it on YouTube, that's probably a big a big sign that it's going to definitely make a difference if you did watch it. Let's put it that way. And they structured it like an actual episode. You have your Marvel logo at the end. You have your end credits at the end, and it's not just for like SAG and writers' guild purposes. Like they really wanted to make this a part of the show. Not too just similar to like at the end of a Daredevil, Daredevil comic, you would have like a shield or an Iron Man short of like, right. an, of like an Iron Man adventure or even like a Squirrel Girl adventure. You get right. little shorts in comics. Like in this way, this is this is kind of like a bring bringing back the one shots except for TV characters. Yeah, and because they haven't done the one shots in a while, I'm kind of sad about that, honestly. And it's well, I I think they ended the one shots because of like because of the push for live action TV. Like Marvel really didn't feel the need to like make one shots anymore because they were gonna make their own like they were gonna expand their TV division. But I understand what you're saying. I do I do love also the purpose of this episode to also like really solidify the team. Especially with Daisy and Yo-Yo, because they needed to like, especially Daisy, they really need to rediscover what it is to be a part of a team slash. Right. And we see that again with like Pete Card Pan, that they are a part of something bigger than themselves. But before we, but before we like get out of here, I did want to mention something about the raft, and this is more my own speculation about Infinity War after <laughs> after the death of somebody, because somebody major in the Avengers team has to die. I'm sorry. They're somebody, probably got, it's probably going to be Tony. I feel like just because. Robert's getting up into the ages, as they always say. So. It, it, it either has to be Cap or Tony. And, or both. Or both. And, like, somebody, like, that's taking, like, control of the team is like, we don't care about Sickle Board. We just save the world for the third time. We kind of, like, kind of similar to X-Men 2 when they made the president. Like, we just save the world for the third time again. And and I know you want to control us, Ross, but we lost people, good yeah. people, iconic people. And I think it's probably going to either be, because in my mind, it's either going to be Spidey saying this or Bucky Doctor saying Str- this. Or Doctor Bucky. 
Strange. Actually, no. Who would probably be is Black Panther because he's the one who has the most authority of everyone. So, like I, I in terms could, of, I could buy any of those. I could buy any of those. But you're right. It probably would be Black Panther. Like we lost good people out there. This is our house. Talking about the rap, we'll control this. Get out. Because mm-hmm. in my, because in the comic, like the rap is the the Avengers prison. It's not. It's not a government prison. It's a, it's an event. Yeah. So at the at the end of Phase Three, I really want the Avengers to take the rap, the rap for their own, or put Coulson in charge of it. That'd be cool. Yeah. But and and I forgot to mention this at the outset at the outset of this episode. I'm sorry, James and I like kind of spontaneously, <laughs> kind of spontaneously, um, decided to do this episode. So unfortunately, there will not be any feedback. But please, 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 um, email us at across the airwaves at gmail.com across the airwaves at gmail.com and tweet us with the hashtag Marvelverse Marvelverse podcast. I don't know or Marvelverse pod, and we will get your feedback on on slingshot please use the hashtag slingshot as well so you're referring to slingshot and when shield comes back on january 12th or 13th is it 12th i think it's 12th, or, uh, it 12th. when when it is if you comes back on the 12th we will be reading your feedback on that so 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 don't get rid of your feedback please send it in to us via it's email the, it's the it's the 10th <laughs> oh See, we're not, we're not good at math. He's not good at math. I'm not good at math. None of us are good at math. In, in any event, on the 10th, we, on the 10th, when we come back, we will be reading some of that, some of your feedback if you send us feedback. So please send us in your feedback and let, and let us roll that pre-recorded close. Get out of across the airways podcast. Get out of our website. Across the airways.com. Again, that's across the airways.com. You can check out all of our podcast shows available as their own individual program. Get the iTunes store. Get Google Play store. Guys, for the podcast shows, cut our network. We have the D- DC Nation Park, located at dcnation.acrosstheairway.com. Again, that's dcnation.acrosstheairway.com, which reviews popular DC comic-related TV shows and movies. There's also the Marvelverse Park, located at marvelversepodcast.acrosstheairway.com. Again, that's marvelversepodcast.acrosstheairway.com, which reviews Marvel comic-related shows and movies. Again, we also have Throats Cast, our podcast dedicated to reviewing episodes on HBO's Game of Thrones, which is available at the website throatscast.acrosstheairway.com. Again, that's throatscast.acrosstheairway.com. In addition to these programs, you can listen to the original Across the Airways podcast, which is accessible at Across the Airways podcast, which reviews TV shows not related to superheroes, core Game of Thrones, like The Walk Dead, Doctor Who, Star Wars Rebels, Supernatural, and more, including sitcoms such as Midnight Theory, Cat the Muppets. Also, you can listen to Across the Airways, the DC Nation pod, Thronescast, the Game of Thrones pod, and the Marvelverse pod, got the mixed radios code by Jack Knight, Stitcher Radio, or if you use Apple devices, download the podcast box. And if you're on a Windows or Android device, you can download our app from the Amazon market, and the Windows market, as a regular Windows or Windows phone app. Because for how you can contact us, to give your own listeners who got the TV shows, we provide suggestions on we can improve your podcast as well. Or just want to if you like what we're doing, email us at across the airways at gmail.com. Again, that's across the airways at gmail.com. Comments on our Facebook, follow us on Twitter, got across it. There's no thought, it's just across there. Join our circle, got Google Plus, or leave us a voice by calling 773-809-336. Also, with sending us an email, please mention which podcast show you're directing the message to. Get this subject line, give you our sending us listener feedback while it's on the air. I would also recommend that you check out our YouTube page. Which features trailers for upcoming movies, good television events. Along with this content, the ATA check is a great source for panels for past comic and it will be a great resource to find videos related to Comic Con taking place in here this summer to go along with our Comic Con special. Okay, um so one there last, is oh. one last little spoilery thing if we want to put that in there. Okay. Um if the Sinister Six were to happen, who do you think would be the uh the six? Um oh, I would I would really just want to go for the original six. And this isn't spoilers. This I mean this is spoilers at all. I would 
would really want it to be sub a sub um shocker for electro and just have you with hmm. i'm thinking like just based on what this on the clues we've gotten so far and like the idea that they're not um gonna do uh or they're not gonna put in villains that have been done for a while i think it's probably gonna be um vulture definitely because he's already here um shocker uh possibly the tinkerer because the weapon the shocker and tink and and the robbers at the beginning were using were different so i feel like it's probably going to be the tinker the tink- i mean excuse my ignorance here but is the tinker like an actual like fighting villain or is he more like this like the sinister six's arnimtola basically that yeah he's kind of like the guy who just builds everything for them and up- outfits and i feel like actually the tinkerer might be the one sort of upping vulture at this point because i don't think vault because i mean the way that he was talking in the international trailer it almost sounds like he's um broke he's like communicating that something had that opportunity has come up that so i feel like the opportunity is the tinkerer and the tinkerer is outfitting is going to outfit spider-man's villains in the future so reiterate, um, so reiterate one more time who your, who your six would be um so vulture tinkerer um shocker uh prop mysterio because i really like mysterio i think mysterio is really cool um four. right uh craven i feel like craven would be interesting um he probably wouldn't show up until probably the second movie even although he, i could see him in the first one as one of the boys quote unquote because or, um or as a post-credit scene somewhere yeah because um like it would make sense if he's like a russian immigrant in the in the united states but um uh and then um uh either jackal or i feel like they could maybe bring sandman back in just to kind of give him a redemption because sandman would be pretty cool so i'm, I'm sorry like and this is just my opinion i'm not knocking your six at all but to me you can't do the sinister six without doc well, yeah, but I mean, also, he requires a little bit more setup, and I feel like um, it's not. It, it could, that'd be a good post credit scene if he like he was implied in the in the um in the post credit scene. But I think um he's just like like they've already done him. Like he was really iconic in Spider Man Two, so I feel like they're not gonna they're not in any hurry to uh, remake Doc Ock. So. I do, I do agree with that. Like well, even to this day, like J Jonah Jameson was done so oh, well. In that's an, yeah, that's another thing. Um, the Raimi films. I don't think they're gonna redo J Jonah Jameson, or unless they actually get uh um jk simmons back just because <laughs> just to have that there for no reason but um i feel like it would just be better if they don't have J. Joe jameson at all and just have robbie robertson be uh the guy tony's or peter sells his pictures to if they actually go with that well, because that, also journalism has gotten to the point where you really don't well exclusive pictures are better but they're not like as valuable as they used to be well and uh, judging by the domestic and the international trailer i, I think we're going to be in high school a little bit longer than, than we were in either two previous franchises which is good because right. like that like, like Peter stayed in high school in the comics for quite a while. Not a long time, but quite a while. Although he was selling pictures of J.J. Jameson right from the beginning, so, yeah. you know, so, but But I'm kind of glad that we're not just going to leap forward in, in the second in the second Spider-Man book, which, by the way, we've already gotten a release date for the second Spider-Man Homecoming film. The sequel right. In 2019, right? Yeah. yeah it's good. It, um, like, pretty much the exact same weekend as the first one is. Um, I think we're, I think we're going to stay in high school for as long just because yeah, I think probably three movies, maybe three or two or three, probably. Yeah, and 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 this is something that a lot of reviewers have said, and I will agree with them that keeping him in high school and keeping him a kid is one of the one of the ways to differentiate him from Ant Man, Iron Thor, and the other events. Yeah, because his because his struggles are much more much more down to earth, no pun intended, yeah. than say somebody like Star Lord or Thor. So doing this, and it's part of the reason that he's so relatable to the audience. 
Guardians for some years. Like, yeah. Stanley's even said this. He is the superhero that could be anybody. Right. So, yeah. We'll see what, yeah, we'll see what happens. But that's just my thoughts, final thoughts. So, yeah. Uh, and they're good, and they're good ones. And I can't, I'm, I'm, and this is just my thinking, just for logistical sake. I don't think we're going to see a Thor Ragnarok trailer until, like, until, like, at least January for Super Bowl. They might, um, I think they, they might just tack it on the beginning of, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Just that would make sense to me. Yeah. They, they might. I just feel because they just wrapped filming, and I with all the stuff that they're gonna put in, it's got it's kind of similar to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. You don't want to release too much because that's gonna give right. away story. Right, and also people like will probably go. Well, you probably need to market um, Ragnarok a little bit more aggressively, but I think it's um uh um like there's still a good strong audience for Thor, and people are probably gonna still be excited about it, so you don't have to give away too much. But also, there is an audience that's kind of jilted by Thor just because yeah. the last yeah. Two I'm part of it because the, the the dark world was not good in my opinion. I mean, there I was good, there were good parts in it. Yeah, it's overall, just, not, it's just like it's the worst of the Marvel movies. So right up there with Iron Man two, and even I Iron Man like Iron Man two. I think Iron Man two doesn't get enough credit. But and Iron Man three, like it's way I, too I, much. I, I love all the Iron Man movies. Honestly, I'm going to be honest here, but yeah, just I think Iron Man two gets way too yeah Iron Man two and three get way too much of a bad rap for what they are because I think they're three, awesome because three I th- three I think for nothing else I could. Take or leave the Mandarin thing, but three at least has a cohesive story. Like, it also gives a tone, it like shows us, I think, more of Tony being like actually thinking through his steps and being more of a and actually going through an arc rather than the other two movies where he just kind of eh. So, but, it, but, like, this gives him a really good, strong arc. But like, think, and also, Shane Black's writing and like Shane Black uses the Iron Man suit in Iron Man 3 better than any uh, than John Favreau ever did. I think he just like he's so creative with how he used it and it was so cool. Yeah, but I think going back to what you said earlier about Tony. Start. I think part of the reason that there is some kind of Iron Man backlash is, quite frankly, we see him a lot more yeah. than any other character. Right. So yeah, I'm getting, that's why I said I don't want him to have too much in Homecoming because he is kind of everywhere. So yeah, but but logistically, it would make no sense to have Captain Rogers or like Natasha Romanoff in Spider-Man right. movies. I know, but still, you know, even though I would like to, I, I even though I would like to see Peter call Black Widow Mama Spider. <laughs> oh God. And, <laughs> And, and Natasha, and Natasha's like, and Natasha say, never, ever, 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 ever call me that again. Yeah. And, the, and that's, and that's the one, that's kind of like the language joke in Age of Ultron. Everybody calls her, everybody else calls her that. Especially Tony. Tony, I can see picking yeah, it up. Yeah, like, uh, that's, that, that's in my head too. Like, uh, like, Peter talks back to, to Widow and Iron Man just goes, don't talk back to Mama Spider. <laughs> Okay, we need to end this now to still yeah. get off of it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my that's my joke that I came up with. My other favorite joke is where are the Buck Boys and Spider. Where are you? <laughs> just just calling the Buck Boys. Well, well, well. As my <laughs> as my partner in crime just said, the the Sam Wilson to my Bucky Barnes. Um, <laughs> on behalf of all the other hosts on ATA, Joshua Mercury, Michael J. Petty, Nico Revsky, Nikki, Amy, Steve Nostro. My name is Wes Kim. And I'm James Hayful. <laughs> And we will see you back when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comes back from their short, short hiatus on January 10th. Bye-bye, Less Blessedly short. <laughs> yeah. Excelsior.